I don't know what it is about that bass line, but it gets my blood pumping whenever Brandon <laughs> gives us thumbs up. We are live from Bob's studio in Ramsey, Minnesota. It is the four outdoorsmen. I am Sam Oftedal. To my left is my best friend, Mark Lukey. Aww. Our other good friend, best friend, Strew, is on his way back, probably almost home. I bet he's listening right now. From him and his buddies, uh, went to watch the Twins opener yeah. and do a little golfing, so... Strew, make it back safe and sound because we got a big trip tomorrow. Um, it is spring? Question no. mark? No, it's not. Not yet. But oh my gosh, the good Lord played an April Fools and dumped us with some powder. It wasn't even powder. It was like slush balls. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, I had a lot of hail at home, and then it was mm-hmm. literal slush balls, and I had like a three-inch layer of just slush all over everything. It yeah. was pretty intense. I have a giant beast of a snowblower from the 80s, you know, before they uh, cared about, you know, pollution Safety or anything. and pollution, right? <laughs> and just it was a big, dogging. thick, black cloud of yeah. smoke. It was pushing, you know, slush just out and bogging down and... Uh, it was not easy to clear. It melted right away, whatever I didn't get, but yeah, it was nasty. So we all know with Capra's, it's a big parking lot, and I bought a plow for my truck earlier this year. Well, I'm a dummy, and I didn't hook my plow up the night before, and so I had to go out and like that hard, crusty, I had to like chisel like all the cables to hook up the plow. It was miserable. I'm so, 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 one more so, so, so? sick and tired of being sick and tired of snow. I remember when you got that plow, I'm like, is that really necessary? Turns out we've had the third. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. How you never told me that to my face? Uh, I did. I, did. I always oh, think did. that in You my did, head. you did. And here we have the third snowiest winter in Minnesota history since they recorded it. And what did you say in the lobby? We're what? How many inches away from? I think if we get eight or nine inches, it'll break the all-time record. We need like four or five inches for second place. Wow. Yeah, I have to say, like, it was, you know, a larger investment, you know, in the in the grand scheme of life, but it has paid for itself two or three times already. Usually you think, yeah, it'll take, you know, five to ten years to pay itself off for no. a purchase like that. Yeah, considering what they charged me the first time I plowed, or had it plowed, um, I mean, I've plowed maybe 17, 18 times. Um, you know, not all of it was like huge stuff like yesterday, but you know, there's four inches. I got to plow, you know, uh, is there some kind of rule like with a commerce? Do you have to plow whatever? No, but (laughs) no, it's just convenience. You know, you want it to be. So yesterday, so in, uh, in Capra's on highway 65, we're on a service road and there was two cars that were stuck in that service road yesterday morning on my way into work. So I plowed them out. And so I ended up plowing the whole service road, but I let it right into Capra's. So they had to come in like no joke. Like a minnow trap? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was just like out the window, like with finger down the blinds looking to see who's coming in, you know. You have 800 people stuck in your parking lot. <laughs> yeah. It's the only place they can well, go. Come on in. Coffee's yeah, we on. got coffee, you know, hanging out. No, but I'm sick of it, man. I, You know, we got a boat this year, and I am so excited to get out on the water and feel the wind in my hay. Uh, in my beard, and it's just going to be – I can't wait, man. I can't wait for summer. I can't wait for tomorrow. Yeah. We have a big trip tomorrow. We're heading up to Ely. Our our good friends are hosting us up there, and we're going to take one last hurrah. I'm excited to have one last ice fishing hurrah. Didn't get out as much as I wanted to this year with, with so much going on and crappy ice. But um, I'm excited to go catch some fish and then pack up my ice fishing stuff and get my – you know, open water stuff out. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get out one time <clears throat> yeah. Th- this year. You do know that you host an outdoors radio show, correct? I do, um, but it's just I also host a lot of people in a store trying to sell them stuff. <laughs> no, but I, dude, I trust me. I want to get out more next year for sure. But also, that being said, it was for one of the lo- like worst ice in a long time. Yeah, you know, I talked to other retailers too. It, I mean, they were stuck with a lot of inventory, and it, it's it's going to be a bloodbath come early december when that ice show is in st paul because there's going to be a lot of leftover inventory oh so everyone's it is going to be is that what they is that what that shows for is just dumping old inventory sure is that why everything's cheaper there it's yeah i would say so but shows are all it's a you're trading product for cash you're getting cash flow (laughs) like yeah you're getting you know you're not making a ton of margin it's more of awareness thing let's try and 
dump some product from last year. But I don't think like in the past seasons, like, you know, talking to Dino and stuff, like there wasn't a lot of leftover because with COVID everyone was getting outside. And so they bought a lot of ice stuff. And then now this year, I think it would have been just as busy, but ice conditions were horrible. But yeah, I think, I think this ice show coming up in December is going to be a bloodbath between uh, all the deals. So if you haven't gotten a good deal, come down to Capra's or save your pennies and go stand in line. <laughs> do you pack it all up and just wait, or do you just have it on the floor till just sell as much as you can? I have a decent amount on the floor. I'm only down to two houses, two or three houses, which is good. good. I sold four houses this week, yeah. which like, or just in a couple of days, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I got maybe a dozen augers. I'm sitting okay. I'll hang on to them. You know, I'll always keep them out, obviously, until the ice is gone, but I'll keep them until next year and considering how much inventory is still out there for next year, they're probably not going to change a lot of the product. And right. I'm guessing, you know, cause you mean manufacturers. Yeah. Because they're not, I mean, you're not going to change packaging or anything, but just because, you know, there's some bigger retailers who are sitting on thousands and thousands of augers and houses. So, you know, they're going to be calling and be like, please do not <laughs> change it. So I don't think a lot of it will change. So yeah, I'll just probably hang on to it and we'll see how it sells next year. But that's, well, it's people like, are going to buy it. It's valuable, yeah. and it doesn't lose value. And so, yeah. And the best analogy is ice fishing. Like, is like farming. Mm-hmm. You can't predict the weather. Yep. You know, and it could either you could either make tons of hay or not make any. So, right. I'm just glad that the lights are on. So I'm. Uh, yeah. So, and I'm glad that you own a bait shop and tackle shop. I mean, because anytime we go on a trip like this, you bring everything under the sun you could possibly use well i told sure like i was super excited for this trip anyway and then like three or four weeks ago he sent us what the guys up north were telling us to use nils. Co- yeah. yeah nils augers nils augers and then like what jigs colors and stuff so like yep. of course like i tried to find everyone under the sun and then i had to like go through and be like all right i don't need to bring <laughs> 195 jigs oh we're good because everything that we're gonna use you have to physically haul in on a sled yeah so obviously you want to be as light as possible. Um, last time, it, I mean, it wasn't. We we did a similar trip going for lake trout. I think it was two years ago, and um, you know it's not terrible. It's it's not like you're. Yeah. You know we'll be fine. Unfortunately, I sprained my ankle severely. I know it sucks so bad. On Tuesday, uh, a good friend of mine gave me a gun safe, and it's about twice the size of the safe I have before. <laughs> and of course, like an idiot, I was trying to unload it off the truck by myself and it just kept sliding and I kind of turned and I felt a pop and I've been kind of hobbling for, for, yeah. and I'm like, Oh, is it, there's a week to go before we go to Ely. So I'm fine. You came into the no. store yesterday. I'm like, are you limping? <laughs> yes. I was like, Oh, what the worst time when we're going to go, but we're not going to let it. If I have to carry your, put you in the sled and I'll pull you. All right. That's all right. I we got we you. might have to call our friends at cast outdoors to get us dog sleds. Just, yeah, to, just exactly. to go in for the day. But man, we have an awesome show tonight. We have a yeah. good friend of uh, yours, Mark, Mike law. Yeah. Mike law of Cooley land company is going to join us. I've gotten to know him a little bit uh, over the years from Ron Share Productions. He specializes in hunting land, buying, selling, acreage. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about, you know, things to look for when you're buying hunting property, uh, maybe the do's and don'ts, I guess. And maybe maybe it's a good time for you to sell your place up north. We'll, we'll figure out we'll figure all that out. It must be real estate must be in the air because our second guest <laughs> is Mr. Chris Lindahl. And you know the him real from estate guy. yeah, you know him from his billboards of you know showing how big a fish I catch. You mm-hmm. know when it's his arms way out. Yep. Um, he's coming on. People don't know this. He's a gigantic fisherman. Like he loves to fish. He went um, on a trip with uh, Tony and Dean, uh, Jimmy Linder, and then another guy named Jason Alshire with Ameriprise Financial. Uh, went down to Panama. Oh, and a Panama. guy named Dave, Dave Dalby. Uh, went down to Panama and went fishing, and they crushed him. Can uh, we have Brandon play Panama before we go into that break? Yes, yes, we can. He he's walked. Not, he not. walked out. But I can't. See, there's a giant check. There is a giant Bob in the window. Check. That check has been there for about three years straight. It's one of those big fake checks that you write when you donate money to somebody or to an organization, <laughs> but it's blocking us from seeing through the window to Brandon. But you know what? Whatever. It's all but, good, man. But yeah, so Chris is going to talk some fishing. Um, 
I'm excited to hear about what Mike has to say about land. I love land. I mean, yeah. I I always look at it. You know, I always mm-hmm. I'm not I'm I don't own a lot of land. I just have the yeah. pro- pro- property I'm on, but I'm on, but it's something that's fun to look at. I don't know. I just love it. I would say I spend at least 2 hours a week looking at hunting property. I've no means to buy said property. Yeah. And I have no business even looking. Yeah. But um, it's a dream of mine, right? It's it's almost a bigger dream of mine than owning a lake house or a cabin up north, yeah. which would be awesome and is a goal as well. But I I just have this burning desire to have eighty acres somewhere up north where I can you know build a cabin by hand and make a food yeah. plot and just dink around. You know, maybe it's the grass is the greener on the other side type of thing because I've owned hunting land just. Yep. Just hunting land, mm-hmm. and I would rather own a cabin on a lake. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if just because I've I've tasted that, <laughs> or like, I don't know. I just <laughs> haven't you. The rent- land just seems more manageable right now because yeah. if I don't have money for eighty acres, I don't have money for a place on you know right Cast Lake or something. But like at that. the same time, it's just like that's what I was thinking. Like I I do the same thing. Like okay, you know. This house will probably, or this cabin will probably still not be on the market in six years when I want to try and do this, but mm-hmm. it's still fun to look. But I'm excited to pick his brain, and he does food plot stuff too. Uh, Mike? Yeah. I, I mean, he doesn't, I don't think he personally does it, but he oh. has land that he, I mean, he, he knows everything there is to know about outdoors, yeah. you know, properties. So we're going to talk to him a lot about that. We have some shout outs here. Do you want to go through those quick? Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. Well, I got to give a, a shout out to my friend Eric Schoenthaler, who's coming back from the Rainy River, and the Rainy River is open, it looks like, and he caught a trout on the Rainy River. He said it's not an April Fool's joke. He caught a trout. They thought it was a northern, but uh, a beautiful trout. Um, that picture is on our Facebook page. Shout out to you, and good job, Dustin Brightman, on that catch. I'm still not sure if it's a April Fool's Day joke or not, but... We're just going to pretend it's real. Next one, Twin Cities Wallies Unlimited. With the warm weather, I think everyone has open water on their minds. We th- thinking spring. We're excited to welcome the the real Sarah Trampy and Tyler Trampy from Sportsman's Journal TV for our April meeting Thursday night, April sixth at six forty five. Talking walleyes. Go to tcwalleyes.com. Uh, Brandon Gatz, our great friend, says they're officially planning. Their seventh annual Landcastle Summer Extravaganza. He's going to come back on as a sponsor. I just talked to him last week. Sweet. So lots of great things with the Landcastle Summer Extravaganza. You'll hear more about that soon. Uh, Our friend Craig Rudolph Jr. says, sitting at the table with my daughter going over gun safety. She just started last week. And Jesse Koskinimi says, started getting ready for turkey season. Checked out a new choke. Turkeys are around the corner. They are. Did you see that video Stuart just sent us? I did not. It says golfing yesterday in Iowa, and it's just like a blizzard <laughs> of the golf course. But anyway, yes, Turkey is right around the corner. I've been thinking a lot about it. Um, I am actually got invited just recently to go down to the owner of Scentlock, and Scentblocker has a farm down in Missouri. Me too. Get out of town. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, down there to go turkey hunting in a couple weeks. Um, so I'm excited. But Are I you going to go? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going. I uh, guess you don't turn that down. No. Hey, do you want to go to a private reserve in Missouri yeah. for turkey hunting? Yeah. it's. Yeah. I'm going to go to a private reserve near um, East Bethel. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Um, anyway, have you... I've should I? Them. Should I, because of the snow, should I buy a later season or should I, I get out I, there? I would probably wait a week to see the first uh, opener is the 12th, which I think it, that's a week from Wednesday. That's scary yeah i would do at least second week or on what do you what did we do you remember what we did last year we didn't have this much snow last year i know but we did second week i think i think later seemed more active last year yeah yeah should i do like because last weekend is open right have you shot your bow at all no let's say we could hunt all season if we did our bows before i get crazy with the bow i'd like to shoot one with a gun yeah i guess that's smart what they call that walk or crawl, walk, run, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You pray, love. No, <laughs> they. I've. I have seen the turkeys moving, but, yeah, but uh, you say that all the time. What are we going to do this year differently that I become successful at this? They know I own a store now. Okay. So the turkeys do. Okay. So they know that I'm going to use every gosh darn thing they make. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking. Uh, you know what we're going to do different? 
We're going to go into it less confident. <laughs> Check. <laughs> we're going to go into it and we're going to be like, listen, I, I honestly, <laughs> it's like the Minnesota Vikings. I feel like this is our year, man. I really do. I have so much confidence in us. Well, this was my dear year on your place. Yeah, yeah that's true. So that was awesome. I think the it, problem it, is not seeing turkeys, right? There's yeah. turkeys everywhere. It's just, I can't. Maybe I should just shoot a Jake. I don't know. Is that weird? Should I not do that? No, I don't care. I mean, the trophy's in the eye of the shooter. Nah, nah, I'll wait. Yeah, let's wait. I've passed on Jake's for seven straight years. I might as well wait for a big time. I think we need to work on our decoy setup, and I think we need to work on our calling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I pretty much just wrapped up turkey hunting. <laughs> but, uh, and our concealment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we need to work on shooting, yeah. camo, yeah. decoys, calling. and calling. Besides that, we're golden. Yeah, our scent is good. Can you work on shooting all the coyotes on your land first, too? Yeah. Oh, we got to shoot. We got to pre- be prepared for those. Yeah, I should have shot last time I saw one on your plate. I saw a coyote chasing a turkey across the field as I'm turkey hunting. Yeah. Why I didn't shoot him, I don't know. Especially how close it was with a turkey load, that would have destroyed it. Yeah, it would have. Maybe I'll bring bring a uh, sidearm as well. Or is that illegal? I don't know. You have your permit to carry? Mm-hmm. I think you're fine. Um, But anyway, yeah, I think we'll go into it, get a good decoy set up. We'll pick the brains of some good turkey experts at the store. Jerry Riggy is phenomenal. Um, But I think we're not – let's not put any pressure on ourselves. Let's go have fun. Let's yeah. get out there. Let's hit around. Get on for mm-hmm. the guy behind you. Well, let's just have fun. Yep. I think the most fun I had was that first year when you just got the property, and we were just we like sat together. The we whole time. sat together and we we Oompa, trotted around and Oompa, we saw some Oompa, toms in the dee, distance dee. and we tried to we tried to bust them. <laughs> yeah, we were like, we should yeah. go this way. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, you like, zig, I'll zag. Yeah, we're like face to face with yeah. them and like two giant blobs in the middle of this <laughs> walking road. down. Yeah, like don't walking move. down a road. Not even we saw, hey, we've always had action, though. Yeah, yeah. And that's what hunting is about. Yeah, that's At true. At least we're seeing stuff. Otherwise, they'd call it killing, right? Yeah. It's, so. not, it's not boring. There's always something going on. Yeah, well, we're coming up to our first break here. So coming up after the break, we have Mike Law of Cooley Land Company. Land Company. Yep. I'm excited to talk to him. This is uh, Mark's buddy. You got to oh. do that before the last break. Next break, too, brother. <laughs> but keep it okay. Hey, crank awesome it up, baby. Song. Let's take us to the break. Woo! Checking in with the four outdoorsmen. Find them at mybobcountry.com under the weekend tab. It's time for Capra Sporting Goods Ice Fishing Clearance Sale. Get select ice fishing stuff for up to 30% off. Get huge discounts on electric augers like Strike Master, Ion, and Razor. Electronics like Garmin Livescope, Vexlar, Markham, Otter and Eskimo sleds and hubs, rods, reels, tackles, and more. These are the best deals of the year. In-store only, call or come in for specific pricing on what you're looking for. While supplies last, Capra's Outdoors on Highway 65 in Blaine. You know who has deals? Capra's has deals. If you're an angler, Devil's Lake speaks for itself. Big fish and a lot of fish. But the entire town is filled to the brim with fun all year round. There's weekly movies and concerts in the park. Early June brings the Devil's Run Classic Car Show. You can take a chance at Spirit Lake Casino or be part of the 47th Chamber Team Walleye Tourney on June 23rd. And if you like hiking trails or a great restaurant or a round of golf, (laughs) Devil's Lake, baby. DevilsLakeND.com. And thanks. Dezeal Heating and AC introduces their new Navian tankless water heaters. These tankless water heaters will deliver a continuous flow of hot water for as long as you need it. No waiting for a tank to reheat more water, wasting time and energy. For a limited time only, Dezeal is offering $500 off. And include this on your yearly maintenance for free if you're currently a member of Dezeal's service partner plan. Exclusions apply. Call the top dog today, DezealHVAC.com. Hey, Balsam Beach Resort is just five miles south of Bemidji. Not just to fish, but completely enjoy a memorable family experience. Sure, multi-species fishing on beautiful Lake Plantagenet is superb. But with the heated pool, all the lakeshore water toys, basketball court, bonfires at night, Balsam Beach Resort is a must. Patty and Clint, they work their butts off to make sure that the cabins and grounds are spotless and your guests are going to make memories and they're going to last a lifetime. 
Trust Strewman on this one. Check out balsambeachresort.com. Arrowhead Outdoors and Ely, Minnesota. It's a beautiful destination with Minnesota's best fishing outfitter based on the Star Tribune's Reader's Choice Awards of 2022. Chris and Steve of Arrowhead Outdoors have one big goal, and that's to make sure all of us enjoy spring and summer months in Ely during 2023. And if there's only one bait store in Ely that's open all year round, which shows a commitment to everyone who loves the outdoors, relish the doorstep to the BWCA. That's Arrowhead Outdoors. Upgrade your summer fun and save big with Power Lodge Power Sale. For a limited time, save up to $3,500 on select aluminum and fiberglass fishing belts from brands like Alumacraft, Smokercraft, and Triton. Save up to $21,000 on select new Godfrey and Bennington pontoons. Hit the trails this summer with the new CF Moto Z4 side-by-side starting at $99.99. Hit the lakes and trails in style this summer. The Power Lodge Power Sale going on now. Not all brands carried in all locations. Visit or call your local Power Lodge for more details. Ah, spring. That time of year when your fancy turns to thoughts of fishing. And getting ready for the fishing opener means one thing. Thorn Brothers 40th Anniversary Spring Sale. This weekend, get brand name fishing equipment up to 50% off. Thorn Brothers gives you fishing intel and expertly curates their selection so you can catch more fish. Get up to 50% off this weekend. Sale starts Friday at 9. The best deals go first, so get there early. On Highway 65 in Blaine, Thorn Brothers Custom Rod and Tackle. Over-the-counter hearing aids are a new class of hearing devices regulated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and an option for adults 18 and over with perceived mild to moderate hearing loss. Get your hearing tested by an audiologist or hearing instrument dispenser. A tip sheet and shopping checklist is available on the Hearing Loss Association of America's website. Paid for by the Minnesota Commission of the Deaf, Deafblind, and Hard of Hearing, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station. The Dell Technologies semi-annual sale is on with limited quantity deals on top tech. Save on select PCs powered by the latest 12th gen Intel Core processors like thin and light XPS 13 laptops, Inspiron laptops, and two-in-ones. Plus, get savings on select accessories, free shipping, and monthly payment options with Dell Preferred Account. Save today by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Today on Hey Culligan, how smart is your water? Here's Tracy. Hey Culligan, I think my water might be dumb. Good news, Tracy. Your water's not dumb, it's just not talking to you. You can make my water talk. No, but the new Culligan Smart Drinking Water System can talk to your phone to tell you when your water filters need changing and help you meet drinking water goals. Now that's some brilliant H2O. You said it, Tracy, and we're already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test with a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. I'm just going to let that music play a little bit. You know, I don't want to jump on it or anything. Jump on it. Jump on it. Anyway, welcome back. It's a beautiful Sunday night. The snow is melting that we got pelted with, and it's like 50 degrees outside. It's teasing us. I'm surprised you're not in shorts, actually. I can't. My favorite time... Or my favorite outfit ever is shorts and flip-flops, so that's I got about two months till that happens. No. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. you'll be way earlier than that. I guarantee it. <laughs> two weeks. Yeah. Our first guest is a friend, Mike, who I've, I've gotten to know a little bit over the last couple of years through Ron Share Productions. Uh, Mike is the owner of Cooley Land Company, and they specialize in hunting land and you know some acreage if you want to get your butt out of the city and get some land and get some chickens and shoot some animals mike from cooley land mike are you there buddy how you doing good good thank you so much for joining us i really appreciate it and um you know i like pretty much everyone else listening want to buy hunting land at some point in their lives, sick of, uh, you know, being on people's shoulders on public land. How did you get into the business of selling outdoor properties, Mike? Well, well, real estate, something I've always been, you know, kind of passionate about or interested in for many years. Uh, but I didn't really come from the traditional real estate background. I actually produced, uh, outdoor TV shows with companies like Ron share after mm-hmm. 20 years. Um, and it was just kind of a, a natural fit when it was time for me to slow down a little bit. Um, the real estate just kind of comes hand in hand 
being able to walk properties with buyers and sellers, really be able to communicate to them the important or what makes it good, what makes a property yeah. valuable, uh, you know, what makes it game rich, I mean, or not so much, you know. So there's a, a lot of things that I can help pass on to people that I've learned, you know, from the 20 years of filming, you know, all the professional hunters. Um, I've learned quite a bit from them, and I can pass that down, uh, you know, to my clients. I'll tell you one thing. If you go to your website, um, your TV background comes through because you do such awesome videos like flyovers and walkthroughs. Just beats, you know, scrolling through pictures. You can make pictures look good anywhere, right? And um, just the fact that you do, like, drone shots and you have, like, an overhead of the exact property line is is really cool. So kudos to you, and I can tell – that your TV history definitely helps on that. Appreciate it. Thank you. We, we try, we work hard at it. Um, it's one place that, you know, we definitely shine versus a lot of other, our competitors out there, but uh, no, I mean, it's something that helps too. I mean, there's, we just actually uh, closed a property this last summer with a couple from Texas and mm-hmm. they made an offer on the property site unseen. Uh, they had never been there, but they had seen the video enough to feel comfortable to, to make an offer on a property from Texas and then, you know, once we got it accepted, they came up and looked at it. And, um, you know, it's a scary thing for me, but that's also um, – it makes me feel good when people have the confidence in those videos and, and really seeing what they're getting before, you know, they come up or make the drive or want to come out and take a look at it. Hey, Mike, this is Sam. Thanks for coming on. I also love, like Mark and I were talking earlier, just kind of searching that lands for sale and mm-hmm. doing different stuff. I, I have some property that I live on. And, I mean, obviously, you're a hunter yourself, correct? Yes, sir. So, I mean, that helps so much, too, like as a person who's like a, I'll say like a client, you know, knowing that an agent or a company are hunters and know that this land and you could probably, I'm sure you do talking points on that. And that was a a big thing for me whenever I looked at it. I'm like, okay, I can see a food plot here. I would do this. I do Mm -hmm. that. So it's got to be fun. I'm sure there comes a lot of land opportunities that you're like man, maybe I should buy this myself. <laughs> it's got to be hard. Yeah, yeah. If I had an unlimited bank account, I'd own everything. Uh, there yeah. wouldn't be a lot to hit the market. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, being a hunter definitely helps and being able to communicate that to the buyers, especially a lot of the buyers when we walk properties and I start talking about, you know, stands access, uh, you know, wind directions, how to hunt, where the deer bed. I get a lot of clients that just kind of look at me with that deer in the headlights look like, wow, we're, we're getting pretty deep into this. But you know, that's, that's the difference also between working with somebody like me that's an outdoor specialist or an outdoor mm-hmm. expert uh, versus calling uh, uh, more of a housing agent. More real estate agents out there are traditionally housing, right? Yep. And uh, the difference is, is going to the people that are experts in those fields. Um, I don't sell houses in town in Hudson or some city like that, mm-hmm. um, and I don't, I don't take clients like that. I take my clients to the properties that, that I know the most about or, or how to kind of relay that message to them. So. Well, I know that. So you are based out of Western Wisconsin, and you are familiar with um, some of the best, basically whitetail areas in the world. That's Buffalo County, right? Is like world famous for for giant for giant whitetails. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've, even one of my agents. I mean, he's he's grown up in Buffalo County, and other agents. I mean, their family's one of the largest landowners in Buffalo County. So, you know, we know that market really well. Um, it's a tight market and a tough market and an expensive one at that, but it's also, you know, the history speaks for itself. It'd be hard for me to be in your shoes. Cause I think I'd be like, all right guys, I'll sell this property. I don't need the percent, but I need a year of hunting access. <laughs> I think that's how I would work all yeah. my deals and then I'd be broke. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's the problem is I didn't pay the bills or, I mean, it may put some food on the table as long as you're, you know, yeah. you're good hunting. <laughs> all right, Mike. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to rapid fire some questions here. As uh, someone, I will buy hunting land someday when I'm able, and I probably have some questions off off the back of my head I would love help with. Uh, first off, how many acres do you think a person needs minimum to at least have a safe haven to grow large whitetails? Now, I know that, you know, whitetails are going to range a long way, so it's not like they're going to spend their entire life on your property, but... Um, what do you think is the minimum for for a, a hunter of not unlimited budget? Well, the, it's kind of a two part question. The first thing I would really suggest that that person do is is really look at their expectations and what some of their mm-hmm. non negotiables are and, and kind of what their standards are. 
uh, when I get a, a client that calls me or a buyer that calls me says they're looking for this or want to buy that, I need to spend a good 15, 20 minutes with them and get to know, um, are, I mean, are they going with the family just to enjoy the weekend and maybe mm-hmm. go deer hunting and maybe put some venison in the freezer? Or are they trophy hunters? Is it Boone and Crockett or right. bust, you know, kind of mentality? Um, and that's the kind of the first step, I think, is, is understanding your expectations and, and starting from there and being able to manage those expectations, too, because nine times out of ten, you're not going to be able to buy what you want with a budget. And right. especially if you're working down towards that Buffalo County market, I mean, some of those farms are $7,000 an acre plus. Right. That really, you know, puts a big dent in, in what most people can afford. So the first thing they really need to do is kind of evaluate that and what their expectations are. Um, that's kind of the next thing for me. I mean, if you're looking at an acreage standpoint, I've always said I would much rather have 100 10-acre farms versus one 100-acre farm or mm-hmm. a giant chunk. Because yeah. uh, you, you wind up actually hunting different micro pockets or micro herds of deer mm-hmm. in different spots. So, it's, I mean, if I bought a 40 and just set that 40, I pretty much got that herd to work from. And during the rut, whatever's going to, you know, come running in or, or running, you know, just as far as movement goes is one thing. I mean, for me, I would much rather have a smaller parcel or two or three small, smaller parcels than try to, to have one giant chunk. But the key to that, obviously, is neighbors. If if you don't have good neighbors and you don't do your research or you don't work with somebody like myself that really knows those neighborhoods and know what so-and-so mm-hmm. shot or what their, their history is or kind of how they hunt, um, you know, you're, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, you know, right. from the start. So, um, when you're looking at a, a property for hunting whitetail specifically, would you prefer, um, say you're looking at 80 acres, would you prefer, you know, half wooded, half open or, or would you suggest buying like a fully wooded 80 acres? I know that doesn't happen a lot in southern Wisconsin and Minnesota, like it does in northern Minnesota and Wisconsin. But would you would you want a variety of structure or or all land or all open? I, I mean, I would like if you could somehow take an 80 and split that up into four different you know four or you know quadrants essentially, mm-hmm. and have a chunk of pines here, some low ground here, some some good oak ridges or something here, I'd rather break that up from a diversity standpoint or, you know, the other being an open, you know, food source standpoint. Um, and it also kind of depends on the setup of the property. I mean, if I've got 80 acres that's out surrounded by good food sources right. and good neighbors, uh, I'm happy with the 80 acres of timber. Now, if, yeah. if I know most of my, my neighbors are probably shooting a lot of stuff during gun season and, you know, they're really putting a dent in them and I want to leave a food source, you know, it's just kind of how I'm going to structure how I hunt and what I like to do. For me, I love late season hunting. I love, you know, planting food plots, putting in, putting in the food, and then sitting back and, you know, watching the deer show up. Come, you know, muzzleloader season for me is one of my favorites. So, do you think in this market? I know things have changed a little bit. Obviously, coming out, and interest rates are rising a little bit. So, a lot of people are, you know, thinking about the real estate market. Is it a buyer's market or a seller's market right now, or both? Is it, um, is it if you have some land that you're not using, and is now a good time to sell it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've especially here in the past, you know, three years. I mean, I'm overwhelmed with buyers. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a seller right now and you've got a good piece of property, I have no problem selling that piece of ground. Um, and it, granted, as long as it's priced accordingly or priced right according right. to the market, those kind of things. But yeah, I mean, a good piece of property will still sell like hotcakes right now. Um, sure, the you know interest rates and things like that have put a little bit of a dent in some of the buyers and you know what some people can afford. But on the other side, a lot of the buyers that we work with, too, are cash buyers that mm-hmm. they've done well in business or whatever it may be, and they got the money to, you know, to put somewhere from an investment standpoint. So, uh, yeah, if you're a seller right now, there's not, a, there's not a better time, I mean, to put something on the market for the spring buying season coming up. Right. Um, I, I think if you list in the next month to two months, you should have that sold in the next, you know, 60 to 90 days, 120 days, and you'll probably get the most that you're going to get throughout the season uh, right now, just because there's such a limited inventory. Um, when we do get a good lead on a property and we start pulling comps, it's hard to find anything active that's a competitor or, right. you know, <clears throat> to, to sell because there's just not a whole lot on the market right now. Um, a lot of sellers just aren't comfortable, you know, selling at this point. But, um, you know, we get a lot of a lot of people who are and that are capitalizing on this opportunity in, the, in a hot market right now. So, Mike, if there's not an opportunity to pull a lot of comps in the area, is that help or is that hurt um, appraisal values? I can always find good good sold comps, but when we also pull comps for, for our clients, we're pulling active. So what's going to be the active competitor? 
um, to the property that we're trying to sell. Uh, so that's what I mean by, you know, pulling, not having a lot of comps to pull from from an active side because there's just not a lot on the market right now. Gotcha. So if it's a seller's market, um, you were talking about some of your clients are usually cash buyers. They've done well. What about those guys that would have to finance? Is it is it difficult? I know, you know, back in the day it was a little harder. Is it getting better for people to finance raw land? It actually is the key to that whole equation, uh, which is a lesson I learned the hard way when I first started getting into real estate. Um, I went to a couple banks and got turned down and couldn't understand because I had good money. I had good credit. I didn't understand why they didn't take my, you know, didn't want to work with me. But you've got to go to the right lender that, that understands land, uh, farm ground, um, you know, timber values and things like that. Uh, if you go to the wrong bank, you're probably going to get turned down nine times out of ten. Hmm. Are you seeing any sellers doing contract for deeds, or since it's such a hot market, they not they don't need to? Uh, there's some. There it depends on the the seller and their situation that they're they're specifically in. Some try to do that to kind of defer taxes or to make it a little bit better on the accounting side. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a few people that'll do contract for deeds, but most of those have gone away from the most for the most part, anyway. Well, we have two minutes here, Mike. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your company, maybe? a brief um, synopsis of a few properties you might have for sale. And then uh, thank you for being on with us. Well, thanks for having me guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, we cover Western Wisconsin, the state of Wisconsin right now. I've got five agents working for me in the state. Um, I'm about to take my, my Minnesota brokers test. So I'll be licensed in Minnesota here. Uh, I would say within the next 30 days. And uh, one of my Wisconsin agents, Lene, uh, just got her broker's license in Iowa, so we're expanding to three states nice. uh, this year. So we're growing, which is a, a nice thing. But the other side of that is, you know, we're we're growing in some really good states. You know, Minnesota and Iowa are always you know great deer hunting states. Um, so if anybody's out there looking, you know, buying or selling, uh, we're, we'll be in those three states uh, working, you know, pretty hard here this summer trying to find find our clients some other ground because it's it's getting pretty tough. And you know, some guys are expanding their search and wanting to go to other states, mm-hmm. and and really. The three states that we have to hunt here, I think, are probably, you know, the best states in the United States to hunt whitetails as far as Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa are concerned. So um, I don't, don't don't think you can go wrong in this neighborhood as far as that's concerned. Fantastic. That's, that's great to hear your expanding areas. And uh, I will be – I'll be looking for – I, I never really thought about going south. You know, and when you live in the Twin Cities, you always think about going north, but – there's probably a lot of land opportunities down south and in the western part of the state that are probably overlooked, especially for whitetail. Up north, all we have is wolves these days. So uh, we yeah, have to absolutely. we have to look south, south towards Wisconsin, yeah. south towards Iowa, and maybe that's the direction I need to go. Yeah, to be honest, anywhere you go up and down the Mississippi River, the deer hunting is dynamite. I right. mean, it, you, you can't beat it. I mean, it, and that's why we, you know, especially we're expanding, but. We're getting a lot of clients that are also going. I mean, they can go to Minnesota, one deer. You know, they know the rules there. They can draw a late-season muzzleloader tag, or if they're big mm-hmm. archery guys, they can wait for their tag in Iowa. And then Wisconsin, you got two over-the-counter tags no matter where you're coming from, whether you're a resident or non-resident. So, Awesome. Well, Mike, thank you so much. Uh, all our listeners, if you're looking to buy or sell hunting land, go to Cooley Land Company. Talk to Mike. He, he has an awesome website. Check it out. And thanks for joining us and uh, letting us know a little bit more about buying hunting property, Mike. Thanks, guys, for having me. All right. Have a great Take night. care, Mike. Thank you. Well, when we get back here, we are going to talk to Chris Lindahl. And uh, he just get on his, or he's back from Panama. And uh, we'll talk fishing with awesome. a real estate agent. With another real estate agent. Come Up on. next on the Four Outdoorsman. Listen to Total Country Bob FM anytime, anywhere, online at mybobcountry.com. Thanks to Aurora Asphalt and Concrete. Go to aurora-asphalt.com for a free, quick estimate. It's time for Capra Sporting Goods Ice Fishing Clearance Sale. Get select ice fishing stuff for up to 30% off. Get huge discounts on electric augers like Strike Master, Ion, and Razor. Electronics like Garmin Livescope, Vexlar, Markham, Otter and Eskimo sleds and hubs, rods, reels, tackles, and more. These are the best deals of the year. In-store only. Call or come in for specific pricing on what you're looking for. While supplies last, Capra's outdoors on Highway 65 in Blaine. You know who has deals? Capra's has deals. You've heard us talk about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. 
To think that 30 years ago, Devils covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres. And that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devils Lake as often as we can. Devils Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit DevilsLakeND.com. And thanks. Ah, spring. That time of year when your fancy turns to thoughts of fishing and getting ready for the fishing opener means one thing thorn brothers 40th anniversary spring sale this weekend get brand name fishing equipment up to 50 percent off thorn brothers gives you fishing intel and expertly curates their selection so you can catch more fish get up to 50 percent off this weekend sale starts friday at nine the best deals go first so get there early on highway 65 in blaine thorn brothers custom rod and tackle a balsam beach resort is just five miles south of bemidji not just a fish but completely enjoy a memorable family experience. Sure, multi-species fishing on beautiful Lake Plantagenet is superb, but with the heated pool, all the lakeshore water toys, basketball court, bonfires at night, Balsam Beach Resort is a must. Patty and Clint, they work their butts off to make sure that the cabins and grounds are spotless and your guests are going to make memories and they're going to last a lifetime. Trust Strewman on this one. Check out BalsamBeachResort.com. Arrowhead Outdoors and Ely, Minnesota. It's a beautiful destination with Minnesota's best fishing outfitter based on the Star Tribune's Reader's Choice Awards of 2022. Chris and Steve of Arrowhead Outdoors have one big goal. And that's to make sure all of us enjoy spring and summer months in Ely during 2023. And if there's only one bait store in Ely that's open all year round, which shows a commitment to everyone who loves the outdoors, relish the doorstep to the BWCA. That's Arrowhead Outdoors. Upgrade your summer fun and save big with Power Lodge Power Sale. For a limited time, save up to $3,500 on select aluminum and fiberglass fishing belts from brands like Alumacraft, Smokercraft, and Triton. Save up to $21,000 on select new Godfrey and Bennington pontoons. Hit the trails of summer with the new CF Moto Z4 side-by-side starting at $99.99. Hit the lakes and trails in style this summer. The Power Lodge Power Sale going on now. Not all brands carried in all locations. Visit or call your local Power Lodge for more details. We gotta let this play for a second here. It's all about Panama tonight, baby. I feel like a DJ. I wish I could hit the high pitch 80 screen right now. I would just tear it up. Give it a shot. (laughs) Not bad. Not bad. Do you like Van Halen or Van Hagar? I like White Snake, baby. Seal of the night. Chris Lindahl, are you with us, my man? What's going on? Sorry, I had to take the spotlight there for a second. The music got in my blood. Panama. Panama, baby. That was for you, Chris. Yeah, I love it. Yes, I'm pumped up now. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I'm doing jumping jacks, but not really. But anyway, Chris Lindahl is on the Four Outdoorsmen, everybody, on Sunday night. Again, thanks, Chris, for coming. We wanted to jump in and talk about Panama, but first, I mean, we got to... We got to acknowledge your success in real estate and business. Um, I'm a business owner. You know, you do so much for the community. You do so much. You know, you're a marketing genius. Um, I I'm sucking up to you, I guess, right now. But you know, I, I watch a lot of your stuff and I like to mimic it. And you know. You, you've you started from the bottom now you're here um, in the words. Um, so and I just be generous. You know, that's such an awesome thing. So give us a little history on Chris Lindahl. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, that, that, that means a lot. Um, it, yeah, it, you know, I think one thing, you know, coming from Fridley and, and, and growing up there and then, and then going to college in Mankato is I always remember what it was like to, to, to be where I was growing up. And, I, and I've never forgot that. And I think that's a super important piece of, of life is that I, I saw all these successful people and what would happen is the more success, the more resources they had, the more they changed. And I made a commitment to myself that, you know, no matter what happens in my life, I'm still that small town kid from Fridley, uh, you know, that, you know, the more resources that, that I have and I've been fortunate to be a part of, uh, the more opportunities that we have, the more we're, we're going to be able to give back. And I think that's, um, you know, I, I think that's just a really big piece of, of who I am and what, is, what matters in the world today. Uh, and it's not always, I think, you know, it's interesting about it too, is it's not always, everyone always thinks like giving back means money. In a lot of cases, you know, I mean, giving back what you've learned and mm-hmm. giving back yeah. your time 
is more difficult than the money actually. Right. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you too because you know, it's it's always extremely I'll use your, you know, campaign generous to to donate money, but also it's it's can be generous enough too to like you said share strategies, share, you know, what you've failed or what you've learned from too. That's a big thing in business. It's not a matter of, you know, if it's when you're going to fail and how you adapt and overcome it. And I've learned that and Mark's learned that. And obviously you learned that. So I appreciate you actually talking about that, about it's, it's not always financials. It can be knowledge too. And I think people, you know, sometimes take that for granted. I no, t- totally agree. And I, and, and I also, you know, as, as we've grown, I've had the opportunity to be around a lot of really intelligent people that have been great mentors in my life. I found that more often than not, you, you are failing and you have learning opportunities more than you get it right. Yeah. And when I, and early in my journey, I thought like there were all these geniuses in the world that had everything figured out and every decision that they made was right. And then, it, you know, come to find out that, I mean, I get more things wrong than I get right, but I use them as learning opportunities to be better next time. Right. Mark, go ahead. Hey, Chris, it's, it's Mark Lukey here. Uh, so I, I just think, you know, your whole story and how you developed as a business is fascinating to me. I went to school for advertising. I've worked in marketing for a long time. And um, it, you almost have like a, a case study now in the annals of uh, Twin Cities marketing as a success story. And um, I want to know, how nervous were you when you got that first uh, bill for the billboards? Were you just like, <laughs> were you like, how is this going to work? How am I going to pay for this? Were you just like, what a leap of faith to go that heavy into marketing and, and, uh, you know, good for you. Yeah. And I, and I think an entire omnipresent strategy, like one that we've built, I mean, there were, you know, and, and anyone that's done anything really big in the yep. marketing and advertising space, there's a period of time where you're deficit spending. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're putting dollars forward before they come in. Mm-hmm. And no one really talks about that. But yeah, there was a, there were plenty of times where, you know, I, I was really uneasy about the amount that we were investing, but I was so committed to, to what we were doing. I believe that we were on the right path that I stayed with it. And I think that's the, I, I think very few people yeah. in the world, as you, as you see, they, they, they end up stopping right before they're going to have success. Right. Right. And, and, and you gotta, you gotta have a big stomach and you have to have a huge appetite for risk. And a lot of people don't have that. I think I'm going to cut that and send it to all my clients from now on. What yeah. do you th- are you okay with that? <laughs> I'm good. That's fine. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I agree with you, Chris. I, I mean, it's, you know, I t- obviously, you know, I took over Capra's at the end of last year and in the fall and it was a giant risk for me. I'm 33 years old and you know, it's, so it's it's very scary and you know when you got the payroll and you got your loan payment every month but like you said if you're not putting dollars into marketing i mean i think you're failing on yourself and you i mean i'm not going to go in as big as you are but i can tell you what i got three billboards buddy <laughs> three of them and i am fired up <laughs> so but yeah so obviously when it comes to failing and success that goes right hand in hand with fishing uh, <laughs> oh yeah i oh, yeah i fail a lot but then there's that one success where you forget about all the failures. You just got back last week from Panama. I don't believe this was your first time down there. I think you've been down there more times. But talk about that trip. How was it? Yeah. So yeah, we've. I've been fortunate to have some great friends that that I uh, that I get the opportunity to be invited to. And uh, this was our second time down in, in Panama. This year was uh, a little tough. Uh, the the wind. We knew we knew ahead of time that you know that the, the wind was was pretty heavy. I mean, we're dealing with 20 to 30 mile an hour winds each day, um, which are really challenging, especially when you're casting those really large baits for, you know, big Cabrera snapper and rooster and tuna and all those other things. And uh, so the wind was, it was a bit challenging. Um, The other thing that was, was a challenge as well was the amount of bait sardines were everywhere. I mean, miles and miles and miles of sardines, which, you know, those bigger fish were so full that they just weren't really on um, and then the last thing was there was some uh, we had some pockets of red tide as well that were oh. um, that were also yeah, there were also a bit of a challenge. We caught a lot of fish um, and, we're, you know, we're casting from early morning till, you know, till later in the evening with those big baits. And so it's a it's a huge workout. Um, it did pay off. We caught some we caught some trophy fish, uh, but it was it was it was really challenging. 
uh, just with the conditions. So for salt water, you said this was your second time in Panama. So I, based off your story, last year was better. Uh, yeah, so different, right? I mean, every, I think every time that I, you know, I've, I've I've been fortunate to be able to have the opportunity to spend a lot of time in saltwater, you know, targeting a lot of different fish. And every time that you're in saltwater, there's something that you have to adapt to, right? I mean, if you, if you mentioned business, it's the same type of thing. Um, and, you know, last last time, you know, that the, the challenge was is that, that we were seeing a lot of really small fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this time we also had, we also had experienced some of that as well. And, uh, we're still learning. I mean, you know, each of these places that we go to where, you know, I feel like you get three or four days in and you you really start, you know, hitting your stride and then you only have a few days left to fish in. And then you, and then you, and then we go back, you know, then we got all the plane rides back and the car rides and then we think we've got it all figured out. And the next time we go, the entire program is different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mark, go ahead. Hey, Chris, uh, there's, there's lots of you know, saltwater, warm, tropical fishing destinations. What do you like in particular about Panama as someone that wants to do this kind of thing? Um, obviously, you've been there twice, so there must be something about Panama in particular that you like. What is it about Panama? So, I, I mean, I like the diversity. There's a lot of different types of fish and a lot of things that you can do. Uh, there's less pressure. And mm-hmm. I think the reason that there's there's less, you know, there's less pressure is because it's challenging to get to, mm-hmm. right? So we... We fly out of Minneapolis, we connect in, in Atlanta, and then we fly into Panama City, and then we had a seven-and-a-half-hour car ride. Yeesh. Wow. Um, and yeah, so it's, so it's a bit you – know, I mean, we were – really, there were, we only saw a couple of boats the entire week. Um, so, so there isn't there, a lot of pressure, um, which, is, which is what you – you know, that's what you dream, dream of having. Right. Um, and it's beautiful. I mean, the people are super friendly. Uh, the, 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 I mean, everything about it is beautiful and it's, it's, it's a great place. And I think that's why we continue to go back. So Chris transition in here to freshwater, obviously you do a ton of fishing when you can, I'm, I know you're a busy man, but you freshwater fish here in Minnesota quite a bit too, don't you? Yes. A lot. So what's your target? Are you a bass guy? So I've, 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 I mean, I've done it all right. So I got, you know, I mean, anything that I do, I go all in. So, I mean, maybe a little obsessive at times. So there was a point where I was chasing giant muskies all over the place. Um, and, you know, catching all kinds of 50 plus inch fish everywhere. Trying, I got into fly fishing like crazy in the rivers. I've got a jet boat. I did that, but I, my, my favorite fish to catch is I love smallmouth bass. Yeah. I, I love just the, I mean, pound for pound, the way that they fight uh, is just, I, I love it. Um, yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. But I, I mean, I also, I mean, I also enjoy, you know, different types. Of, I mean, largemouth are, are fun. I'm getting a, a little burnt on the musky situation just because of the amount of casts that are required. <laughs> now, yeah. now with it, with now with the electronics, I think that's changing a little bit. But still, it's it's a uh, you know it, it's it's a lot more work. I think I'm as I get a, as I get a little bit more wise. I think I'm a little bit more into to, to catching than I am fishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that's why smallmouth is a lot more fun because it's so much action packed, you know. It's like watching a hockey game versus baseball. Yeah, baseball is fun, but it can get long and boring. But a <laughs> hockey game is always on. And that's right. And when I mean smallmouth never stop eating, but when you hit one of those bite windows, right? I mean, when it's just all of a sudden complete pandemonium one after another, there's nothing like it. So where uh, where are your go to smallmouth spots? Obviously, Malax is was hot for a long time. We need waypoints. We dude. need waypoints. Where where is your latest smallmouth action? <laughs> I thought you got those waypoints when you acquired Capra. Yeah, you didn't come with it. That's like Dean buying me a beer. Never gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Malax is a. I mean, Malax is a fun lake. It's a. I mean, big big water, and you know, learned a, I've learned a lot out there, and. Um, you know, I think that's, I mean, I, that's one of the best smallmouth fisheries in the, you know, there's nothing remotely close to that if you can figure it out. It's getting more pressure than it ever has before, but there's yeah. still, there's still a lot of opportunities. You ever get out on the ice? I do. I used to, I used to spend a lot more time on the ice when I was, when I was younger. I, you know, I remember one of my actually last portable trips, I was out on Mille Lacs, uh, right on 169, right out from Garrison. And we had that slush, it was just that slush on top of the ice and, had all the gear and we're going out there and it was early ice and I dragged, you know, we were dragging everything out there. We went way too far out. So we're coming back in and it was, I mean, it was just like an hour and a half of take one step, you know, your boot drops and you know, the the sled is just, you know, going right into the slush. And I got to shore and I said, 
I'm not doing this again. And I, and I gave all my, I gave all my, all my ice fishing gear to uh, a couple of buddies of mine. I said, I've got, I'm, I'm going uh, the more the permanent route moving forward. We had spent our entire high school, college, you know, time. I mean, chasing fish. I mean, I think about now if like the, you know, the forward facing sonar and some of those things existed back then. I mean, we were grinding it out on the ice, you know, chasing these fish around, but I used to spend a lot more time, ice fishing than I do today. I still enjoy it. I don't, I don't enjoy it as much as I do open water, but still not, I still, I still like, I still like it as, as long as I'm not pulling the sleds. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going up to Ely tomorrow and we have like a mile and a half trek into the secret lake where we're going to catch 16 inch crappies. So I'm going to try and block yeah. my mind out of that mile and a half hike. Cause I don't, really walk well i'm not yeah i'm not worried about the walk to it's the walk back if i'm walking to and i get 16 inch crappies walk back is no problem right but if i'm walking out and the fish aren't biting and then i've got to come back and slush that's that's a that's a bit of a challenge you have to send me photos of the of the fish too i will so what's next for chris what's for fishing and let's even throw a business in there what's what's the next big adventure what what's on the docket well, a lot more fishing. I mean, you know, I mean, it brings me so much joy. It's my passion. I, I love doing it. And I think what you had just mentioned there, it, it takes, you know, it, it puts your mind in a different place. And there, there's so many parallels between fishing and, and business. But I think more importantly, one of the things that I had the opportunity to see early on in my career is that, you know, mo- a lot of people, uh, when they have, you know, children, they sort of put their life on, on the back burner and stop really moving forward with their hobbies. And so it's been a really big commitment in my life that I stay focused on and having those hobbies and going out and, and, and taking that time for myself. Cause I know if I do that, I'll be better for everyone in my life. And I think that's so important to do yeah. that. So anyone that's listening, I think that's a, that's a really big piece on the, on the business side. I'm just continuing to learn and grow. Um, I've been really focused on just more leadership development, more personal development, um, I, I really had a, a, a commitment that I set out to seven years ago to be one of the, uh, one of the best communicators in the world. Uh, and I push myself every single day, uh, on video and content and presentations, just continuing to try to be better and better with communication. Cause I believe that the future of all business, when you look at social media, you look online, you look mm-hmm. at video, you look at streaming is the best communicators are going to win. And the ones that can deliver a message, I thought firsthand, if you look at the last several years, when everything got really challenging, you know, there were a lot of leaders in uh, around the world that couldn't communicate yeah. right in a time where there was a challenge and everyone's looking for someone to stand up and say something. They might not have all the right answers or the answers at all, but that communication piece is, is so important. And, and that's really what I've been focused on. I love that. I got one more quick question then we're going to let you go. Okay. I so, like it. Yeah. No so you're a business guy. I'm a business guy. You're about a million times more important. When does your phone usually die throughout the day? When does my phone die? Yeah. Well, I, so, so there's a little, there's a little hack that I have Two actually hacks that, I, that I'll share with you on. I've got an iPhone. So I have the uh, grayscale on my phone, not color. So you can program that under your accessibility settings on the right button on your iPhone and you, and you can program it as a shortcut. So you can triple click and it will shut your color off. Um, so that's one of them. And then the other one is, is that I have, uh, when you swipe in the, um, on the top right corner, I have low battery modes, uh, programmed in there as well. So I, 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 I would say 95% of the time my phone functions on low battery mode. And then the, the last piece of it is I have every notification of my phone off. So there's not a notification in any app, any email, any text. That's smart. I, That's smart. I, I, can, I control when I go in and look at the, at, at the different apps or, or different communication things that I need. It doesn't Instead control of, you. What I found was, I, yeah, because what I found was is the interruptions that I had mm-hmm. during the day. I was off task the entire day. And there were some things that were important, but most of the things weren't important or didn't need my time at that moment. But they were interrupting my productivity. And so I just try to stay as... I mean, at the end of the day, what everyone ends up, the challenge that every single person in life and business ends up in is they run out of time, right? They're distracted. They can't, they can't stay focused. And so I'm really try to be as disciplined as I can on on the time side. Well, speaking of running out of time, my man, we are (laughs) out of time, Chris. We could have you on for a full hour. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate who you are as a businessman and an outdoorsman. I'll shoot you a text this week. Let's get together for lunch soon. I appreciate it, man. All right. 
right, thanks. Appreciate you having me. Thanks again. See yep, you guys. Take care. Well, that wraps up our Real Estate for Outdoorsman Edition <laughs> with Mike Law from Cooley Outdoors, or Cooley, Cooley Land, Land Company, yep. and Chris Lindahl. Mark, Strew, and myself are all headed up to Ely tomorrow. I'm excited. I know they're excited. In the meantime, have a good week, and my buddy Mark has something to say. Get outside and make some memories.